There are some pros and cons of doing the annual versus the monthly. Because the annual, of course, is great because of the cash flow component of it. But the monthly is nice because it gives you this quick read on what's happening. You have to fight to keep people, which is a really good discipline to make sure they're establishing value. Hey everyone, I'm Mark Randolph and welcome to That Will Never Work. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. Netflix, which I co-founded, it was actually my fifth startup. And since leaving there, I've had the opportunity to work with scores of early stage companies and talk to thousands of aspiring entrepreneurs from all over the world. On this podcast, I speak with folks who are at every stage of building their own businesses, whether they're leaping from side hustle to self-employed or are already generating revenue and ready to take things to the next level. My goal is to draw out their biggest challenges and then try to nudge them a little further down the path toward realizing their dreams. If you've been told that will never work as much as I have, you've come to the right place. Together, we'll prove the naysayers wrong. Today, I'm chatting with Joseph, an internationally recognized hypnotist with an unusual business model. Once you've downloaded his free app, you get access to all of his hypnosis podcasts, and there are hundreds of them. But that's still the free part. From there, his listeners move on to purchase specialized, customized hypnosis programs for reducing anxiety, quitting smoking, whatever they need. He's doing well, but feeling that there must be a way to take things to the next level. And I've got just the idea. Let's listen in. So Joseph, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to chat with me today. I'm actually really kind of curious about what you're up to. I, I won't give it away. I'll let you kind of spill the beans. So why don't you start us off by uh, filling us in on what you're doing or what you're thinking about doing? Well, first of all, I'll say thank you for having allowed me to have this opportunity. It's an absolute pleasure to be speaking with you right now. Um, as to what I've got going on, I've got a mobile app. And that app is designed to help people release their emotional issues via hypnosis and coaching. So the app generates quite a lot of traffic at the moment. And the way that it's set up is my podcast gets put into the app in the free section. And then you've got two other sections, which is a hypnosis which is, say, like generic, over like 200 hypnosis titles in there. And then there's another custom feature where you get to choose your own topics. And then my system kind of generates it for them. So there's a level of free to in-app purchases and to higher level. And then post that, I've got my own like video programs and coaching processes as well. Oh, boy, am I confused. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you have an app. This is yes. like an piece it apart a bit so I can get it. So there's an app. And one of the things your app does is allow people access to listen to your podcast. Correct. And just a quick aside, is the podcast available on all the usual podcast outlets? Yes, you, you have, it is. Okay. You don't have to go to the app to get it. No. Got it. And also in the app, if they want, they can access a library of uh, several hundred or some large number of pre-recorded hypnosis sessions. Is that right? Mm -hmm. and, and so if they want to either quit smoking or stop chewing their fingernails or quack like a duck or whatever it is their thing is, you can help them make progress toward their goals. 100%. By the quacking of the duck. I don't have that title yet. 
it's funny because every single time I go to see a hypnosis show, it, that seems to be the big hypnosis thing is to get the people to quack like a duck. It sure does. But I guess that's low hanging fruit. And I don't need to worry right now on this. Since we're looking at each other, you're not going to hypnotize me in anything. You have to be a willing participant in hypnosis. There what has I gather to too, be right? a level of choice. You got to want to do it. Your unconscious mind is there to protect you. So you're safe. For now. See, it's going to take great discipline on my part not to go down the rat hole of really asking all the questions about hypnosis since I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so curious about it. But by way of full disclosure, I have tried hypnosis a couple of times more just because I was curious, had someone hypnotize me. But more importantly, my son is incredibly susceptible and he's used it for some things he's working on and that blew both of us away. So I'm oh, a believer fantastic. in the power and efficacy of what you're doing. Awesome. But back to our regularly scheduled show, you have on there the podcast library. It's this next piece that confused me. Can you go through that one more time for me? So think of it as like three levels. You've got the free level, yep. which is the podcast. Yes. Then you've got a couple of hundred hypnosis tracks for $3.99 each. Ah. And then you've got a third section, which is a custom section. So let's just say you're experiencing anxiety. You choose that topic. And then my system has the ability to then choose other symptoms, and then it will generate that track for you as a customer. So it's fairly custom. Generate it for you. Is that a AI thing or is that just it picks one of the 200 or do you have to go back and record something special for them? Technically, they've been recorded in segments. So one longer on anxiety, then worried doubt. And then the way that I've created it, with my app developer, we ultimately have thousands of alternatives pieced together already. So if they go down this route, they get that audio file. If they go down this route, they go for another one. Fantastic. Does this work? Piecing it together is an effective way to do it. Yep. Wow. It's a hypnosis for the masses. You figured out a way to scale yourself, so to speak. Yeah. Like for example, the podcast has been downloaded like eight, nine million times just the podcast alone. We're hitting around 70 to 100,000 downloads a month on the podcast, which obviously gets accounted for the app as well. And then the app's been downloaded half a million times already. Fantastic. And so what does it cost to get the premium content? Is that a la carte? Is that a subscription? That's $4.99 per custom track. However, you can unlock the whole library, including, say, the generic titles and the custom for, at the moment, $27.99. So unlimited. How long have you been doing this for? 18 years. 19 years. Incredible. Tell me when the app started or when did you uh, come up with the idea and say, I'm going to put all this into an app and see if I can uh, lay on a beach while all of my uh, patients are <laughs> taking care of themselves? I'd have to look it up, but I think it's been going on for about eight years now maybe nine years for the app itself. And it's had different versions along the way. We're actually about to release a whole set of new features so they get to choose day and night versions. And there'll be another 60 or so tracks on there as well. But it's been around for, I'd probably say, at the most 10 years. And ultimately, I create, became a hypnotist because I used to experience blushing, anxiety, fears, worries, doubts at school, dropped out of business college because of my doubts and limiting beliefs. And then I landed into using hypnosis to let go of this myself. And here I am today. Well, you are considerably further along than a lot of the entrepreneurs I speak with. So I'm curious, what is it that you kind of would like to, I guess, as you often would say to somebody, what would you like to talk about today? I would love to get some 
of your great wisdom and insight on how to grow. I, I see there's a big market for what I do. The stats out there in the world are pretty good in terms of people seeking this, especially this year. I mean, like you can't see people in person. And then there's apps like Calm or Headspace who are valued like Calm's like $1 billion valuation, supposedly. So I want to be able to reach more people with my message while simultaneously, obviously, up-leveling them through the app to make in-app purchases. So they get to taste it for free, experience great changes because there's free hypnosis sessions there. But I want to be able to scale it and get my message out there at a deeper, wider level. And just for people who don't follow the space, Calm is a meditation app. Oh, sorry. Yes. Correct. As is Headspace. So both of mm -hmm. those are, but with superficially the same objective of what you're doing, which is basically help people be better versions of themselves. Correct. Absolutely. And why do you think that Calm is so popular? I don't know. I can see the, how popular they are now because they've gone down lots of different routes of like getting Stephen Fry to do a meditation or like these bigger people to do that. So it's probably done very well there. I don't know how they got very successful very quickly, but I know obviously they've had a ton of investment into their advertising, I guess, and PR. So let's talk about this for just a minute, because I think you're right. Your customer acquisition sounds like it's primarily driven by the podcast. Correct. On the free section. And have you experimented with other ways to drive people directly to the app? Once we've added these new features, we want to do like, say, the advertising route of Facebook, or you can actually advertise in the app stores as well. So that's my plan. It would strike me, first of all, I think the freemium version, what you've already described, is actually a pretty uh, compelling model. And the fact that you do have the number of downloads that you have and the number of people who are buying the hypnosis sessions is pretty powerful already. So I don't want to discourage you from that. That's fantastic. The thing is, you are doing something which potentially can appeal to a huge number of people. Have you played with pricing? Not too much in terms of putting the price up and down. I've done specials and discounts on that depending on the time of the year sometimes, but I haven't really adjusted the prices of the generic and the custom. There's a lot of analogs for what you're trying to do. For example, Masterclass, you're familiar with Masterclass? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Which of course is pre-recorded instructional videos and Originally, they were pricing that a la carte and were having a very, very tough time with it. And only when they changed their model to being a reasonably priced annual subscription, which then became all you can eat, did it totally unlock them. Mm -hmm. And part of this lends itself to the being a subscription service. But how much did you say you, you do have a subscription program too? No, I do not. No. I'd like to implement a yearly subscription in the next update after this one coming out. Because there's certainly ways you can try that. So the thing I'd encourage you to do is do some experimentation. You have enough velocity. You have enough people coming in who are downloading the app, enough people who are coming and visiting the app who already have downloaded it, that you can segment off small pieces of them and do lots of testing to try and understand how elastic is this? What happens? And now that you have a library of 200 hypnosis sessions, that will keep somebody busy for a long time. 
mm-hmm. in terms of running through all the areas of their life that you can help them with. Especially if you begin saying we release a new one every X. Sure. Or if you say you begin bringing in additional people, like almost the same way Calm does, where you have guest hypnotherapists who come in and do some with different approaches to it or things like that. But in other words, the point is shifting it from this thinking of I have to monetize each of my sessions individually to this model where you're saying people are going to gain access to my work as a whole mm-hmm. and do so on a subscription basis. I had this conversation briefly with somebody else, but there's some pros and cons of doing the annual versus the monthly because the annual, of course, is great because of the cash flow component of it. But the monthly is nice because it gives you this quick read on what's happening. You have to fight to keep people, which is a really good discipline to make sure they're establishing value. But even if you said, I'm going to try something, I'm going to sign up 100 people and then close it off or 200 people and then close it off, at which they get an unlimited access subscription. Mm -hmm. They can download and listen to all the tapes they want to. Maybe it's not part of your custom pieces. Maybe it is. This is a part I don't really understand how to make that work. But play with some pricing. See what the elasticity is. See what happens when you do it at $9.95 a month, at $4.95 a month, at different prices, and see what happens. You can play with throttling. You can say, this is not unlimited. This allows you to download or listen to it up to X per month. Uh But the discipline and the courage it will take is viewing your content as this is priceless. I can't let someone do that. Mm -hmm. Because if you say, I'd like to be where calm is, my gut is it's not going to come from just increasing the number of people who buy this at X dollars per pop. It's going to come from breaking the model at dramatically changing the formula the customer's using in assessing how many of these do I want. There's also a customer dynamic going on where someone's making this decision that it's worth going through all of the overhead of engaging with you. I've got to download the app. I've got to put in my credit card. I've got to order it. And then they get their tape. And you earned, I'm sorry, was it like $2.95 for that? $3.95? $3.99, but then Apple takes their cut too. Great. In other words, they went through all that and you Mm -hmm. had to get them through that and you had to get them to the site and you made four bucks. And maybe they downloaded two of them, eight of them. So the question I'd ask you, and you don't need to answer this now, but you should absolutely be able to rattle this off is then what's the repeat? For everyone who took one, how many came back and took another? That fall off is probably pretty severe because yes, some people, a small fraction of them run through a huge amount of them and you go, wow, this person was worth 50 bucks to me or $500, $200 to me. But most of the people came in and did their first order and they were one and done. So think about a subscription. The overhead is almost identical. They still have to get it. You still have to get them to the site. You still have to get them through the sign-up process. You have to take the most incredible act of faith, which is give you their credit card. But now you have them until they take the specific act of stopping, which is a much higher load, which is why subscription businesses are so popular, which is why even the software industry is now going to SaaS. There's just, it's not just the economics, which are incredibly compelling. It's the fact that the customer dynamic is so strong. And the last thing, as you're thinking about someone like Calm, 
who's valued the way they are, they're valued because it's recurring revenue. You have a certain lifetime value for a customer now, which is probably pretty low because you're saying, well, half the people take one, a third of them take two. You have this curve and the average value is X, $15, 19. And so you're always going to have this low lifetime value of a customer relative to what it costs to get you there. And right now you figured out a way to get them there for free. But the way to explode this is, of course, to have a little bit of powder that you can use to prime this. And when you have a subscription business, your lifetime values are dramatically high. Because even if you did something as dramatic as say, I'm going to charge $6.99 a month or $4.99 a month or $9.99 a month, and you can get someone to stick around for six months, the lifetime value of that customer is dramatically higher than it was when you were in the a la carte business. Again, the caveat being that I don't know shit about your actual metrics that you, in fact, could blow me away and go, no, 98% of them get 60 of these things. And two of them don't, it could be dramatically better than I think. But the thing I do know is unless there's something dramatically exceptional about your business, a subscription mm-hmm. model is going to be very powerful. And that will give you the confidence to drop the price down to find that place where it's the most velocity relative to uh, what happens. I got it. because, And that's really, really cool because based on what Apple says, I don't know about my, because I've got Android app as well, do the same thing. But average sell for a paying user is $9 at the moment. So with a recurring monthly, quarterly, yearly, that should, unless you're going to drop off after one month. You can blow it away. Yeah. And listen, in the event you ever get to the point you want to raise money. That would be the next question. Raising money comes from the ability to have some sort of accurate way to predict future revenue. And your formula is an interesting one because it goes, the revenue comes after I get them to download the app and it's X. And most of it happens in the first 10 days and then it falls off. There's a curve. And if I was sitting down with you here, we had a whiteboard, we could work out what the curve looks like based on what you're telling me. But then someone who's evaluating your business goes, okay, they're making X per order. How do they get orders? How many orders can they get? So if you go, I want to be at 30 million or 300 million, the number of customers you got to bring in is astronomical. Whereas when you're a subscription business, then they're looking at this recurring revenue number. Mm -hmm. It's your average monthly revenue. And it's a fantastic number. It just keeps going up and up and up. And the beautiful thing is if you stop promoting, it more or less stays there. Sure. That's why it's so powerful. It's a confidence builder for someone who is investing in you to have these very nice predictable metrics that say, here's what it looks like when I acquire someone. And it is a lot of revenue that goes on for months at a time that allows me to very accurately predict what next quarter and the quarter after that are going to look like. And I can choose to goose it or not based on how many people I push into the front end. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm telling you experiment with it. Sure. That you're going to have a limited number of people who are doing these things. And then rather than you wondering like, wonder what would happen. I wonder if Mark was right. I wonder if the dynamics are better. I wonder how long they stick around. I wonder how many of these things they take or You have these fears. What's going to happen to my content? It's all out there. I'm going to lose whatever. So confront your fear. Experiment. Face it head on. No, I'm sorry. But literally go out and try it and you'll know what happens. And if it really is disastrous, then for God's sake, stop it and Mm -hmm. back off and apologize to 100 people that you have to continue the program and you're done. But more likely you'll go, oh, this is intriguing. 
I wonder what would happen now if I lower the price, raise the price, do it quarterly, do it annual. I wonder what happened if I said the subscription applies to these X and you pay more for this, or I have a two-tier subscription. I mean, it's bottomless, the experimentation you can do, but that only happens when you start with the experimentation. The new subject is addressing briefly about the PR, and then I'll shut up a minute and um, we can talk about other things you may want to talk about. But you have an incredibly good business that lends itself to public relations driven programs. And are you doing a lot? Do you appear a lot on television, radio, et cetera? Not as much. I, I have done. I live in California now, but I used to be in England and um, been on TV there on the primetime channels. I've worked with some celebrities. I've got a best-selling book by Hay House, which is a pretty big publisher. The reason I mention it is it's by far the most powerful marketing medium there is in terms of its cost efficiency. And some people come on with these businesses which do not lend themselves to this at all. I have an application which dramatically decreases the cost of package transportation. You have a hard time even keeping your eyes open for the one-on-one conversation. But some people have businesses, and I'll put yours in that category, which have tremendous popular interest if you position them in the right way. You presenting yourself or you presenting your business, but I think you could probably pull this off as this thought leader in a particular space and begin building the effort of being the go-to guy whenever any piece of medium wants comment or wants interesting thing. It takes a while to build that up, but the reach you can get that way is astronomical, especially when you say, you can tell people, listen, I'm going to come on, we're going to work with someone on the air, or I'll comment about any time there's an article about anxiety or any time there's an article about PTSD or there's an article about anything, call me, put me on the air. I'll quote. I'll do whatever. And it's pretty quick and easy to get yourself into that position and very powerful. And you're clearly articulate and comfortable being um, in this situation. And you just master that technique of getting in the place you can come, what the subscription price is and where you can get access to this and et cetera. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Have I rambled in the right direction anyway? Perfect. No, I love the subscription stuff. It's something I'd had in my mind, but um, for you running through like potential numbers and obviously things like churn rate is different based on individual purchases over a subscription, three month churn rate or whatever it would be. And also to then potentially get investors because they'll be able to see the churn rate or the drop off rate of a lifetime value. Yeah, that whole, I mean, I call it, this would be HASS, hypnosis as a service, as opposed Mm -hmm. to SAS. But (laughs) it's a wonderfully predictable, metrics-driven business. And I think hearing what I'm hearing about how you're currently positioning this could be really, really powerful. Especially if you have people coming in now and saying, I'm paying $3.99 for one if you said, listen, $3.99 for $4.99 a month, listen all you want. Hard to imagine somebody would jump for that. And then the question is, which one is more long-term valuable? Not per hypnosis tape, mm-hmm. but per customer, because that's the important thing. It costs you nothing whether they listen to 60 or whether they listen to three. So don't start fretting about, ah, this person only paid $15 to listen to 60. Well, they were only going to give you $9 anyway. Sure. So you've come out way ahead. Anyway, you got the idea. I don't want to beat on this more, but- No, I love it. Thank you. Experiment. Yeah. Don't 
change your entire business, but you're lucky in another regard, which is that you have customer flow that allows you to trial things. And the other one is that you can also, I don't know whether you actually have an opportunity, whether people interact with you in a way that you can respond, whether you get texts or emails, but you can also, when someone comes in through one of those channels, ask them, Mm -hmm. what would you think? Right now, what would you do if I said you could X? I mean, the best way to find out is having them actually do it, but certainly asking them is a powerful thing as well. Got it. Thank you ever so much. Appreciate it. So before I let you go, anything else that you would like to dig into? Yeah, I don't want to take too much of your time. I was just thinking like, obviously, you having been invested in many companies and grown, obviously, huge, huge companies. For someone like me, when I get to, say, implement a subscription, show the the lifetime value and predictability more so, what would you feel like the next step is finding someone who would support my mission and want to make the world a better place whilst obviously be abundant at the same time. Supporting you economically, you mean? As a fun- yes, like investing. So the first thing is raising money is a be careful what you wish for proposition. Because I like how you said, find someone who wants to change the world and maybe get a return for it. That's a tough one. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Most of the people who invest in the company and- certainly any professional investor, by which I mean a venture capitalist, even one who does seed round or early stage investing, Mm -hmm. they give you the money. Wonderful. But the little secret is they want that money back times 10. Thank you. And a hundred if possible. So once you've taken that money, you have a responsibility to them. This is no longer just about making people be their best self. It's making Bill be their best self and providing an adequate return to the person who believed this was an investable business. It will push you to do things which you have to decide in advance you want. Mm-hmm. It pushes growth. It pushes profitability. And it can go in unintended directions. It could be that you are not the right person to deliver growth. And you have to acknowledge the fact that I have to now have to separate these things and recognize that I may not be the right person to deliver the growth that I committed to in terms of when I took investment dollars. But all those things saying it's a very, very powerful way to grow using other people's money, especially when you finally crack the code, do the experimentation that we're talking about on your own dime. Mm-hmm. But once you've realized, wow, I have a little machine and when I pour $100 into this little bucket here and turn the crank, 150 comes out the other side. Wow, let's try putting in $1,000. Wow, 1500 comes Once you've built that machine and demonstrated you can do that, there's a tremendous temptation and a tremendously compelling argument for getting someone to back their dump truck up and pour money into the chute. What that will get you is scale. Yeah. It will allow you to make the investments in the next generation vision you have for this project. And it potentially could lead to a different lifestyle for yourself, but it does not come without risks. And here's the specific, that was more the cautionary tale, but the specific advice is get people into your corner now. Do not go to them and say, I am raising money. Do not put together a pitch deck or a business plan. Find two or three people who you've heard about and think might be interested in this category and say, I'd love to just sit down and tell you what I'm doing and get some advice. I'm not looking for money. And get people involved at the beginning as friends, and they will help you steer in the direction that is most investable. 
then you can ask them questions because they know the business. I'm trying to understand, well, how will they think about it when I have a lifetime value of this or my CAC, my cost to desire customer, or my ratio between lifetime value and CAC? Which of those is important to an investor in this business? You'll have someone that's friendly. And then ultimately, of course, when you are ready, they'll be the first two or three people you go to because they already know you. They already know the business. They've already seen the, how seriously you take it. But that would be the first step that I would take if I was thinking that in the future, raising money to accelerate my dreams was uh, part of the plan. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. I love that idea of just getting that connection and support from people without wanting anything in return other than obviously advice and sharing of ideas. People do it. It's the nature of that business is you have to establish many, 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 many connections in the hope that one will eventually lead to an investment. They are always willing to do is meet interesting entrepreneurs early in their journey. And you can take advantage of that and get their advice. As long as you recognize their advice is going to be motivated by the economics behind it. But that's Definitely. that's what you're looking for. Well, listen, really good luck. I really Thank encourage you, you to try some stuff. Try some crazy stuff. Try stuff that even you're thinking this is never going to work because you never know. And sometimes, you know, it actually does work. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, your advice and your expertise. And thank you. I wish you a great, wonderful day. And you too. And maybe I'll even download the app and see how I can make myself a little bit better. Well, it's all there downloaded for free right now. And then obviously maybe you'll get that subscription <laughs> model in the future. Well, good luck. Thanks for Thank you, my man. I'll yeah. speak to you soon. You too. Bye-bye. Wow, that was fun. And it's clear that despite how well he's already doing, Joseph is open-minded and ready to try some new things. What I wanted him to really understand was that shifting to subscription doesn't have to happen in one fell swoop, which is why I encouraged him to really tinker with the model and the pricing. I promise his customers won't hesitate to tell him, either directly or via their wallets, what they do or don't find valuable. And in turn, his ability to drive more revenue per customer will make him more attractive down the road to potential investors and partners. That Calm app better not get too relaxed. Joseph is coming for them. Well, that's all for today. But before we go, I'm curious what you thought about Joseph's business and my advice to him. So I'd love for you to join me, Joseph, and your other fellow listeners on my website, where we'll be discussing this episode. You'll find us congregated at markrandolph.com forward slash podcasts. Just click on the appropriate episode and scroll to the bottom. If you want to discuss your business challenges with me, I would love to hear from you. Just visit me at markrandolph.com or call me at 1-888-MARK-POD. That's 1-888-627-2763. Together, we'll figure out your best next steps. In the meantime, if a 30-minute podcast is too much for you, you can check out my short-form ramblings on Twitter at mbrandolph or see it all prettied up on Instagram at that will never work. Of course, you can check me out at LinkedIn at, well, shit, you can figure that out yourself. Thanks again for listening. If you like the podcast, don't forget to smash that like button and leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. If you didn't, well, thanks for listening to How I Built This. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is the That Will Never Work podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Audiation.